You're listening to the Best Day Ever podcast with Carly Hartman. This is your go-to spot for practical tips and tricks on how to be an entrepreneur, stay motivated, live life to the fullest, and chase your dreams. If you are ready to live today like it's the best day ever, then let's get started. Here's your host, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and photographer, Carly Hartman. Hey guys, I'm pumped for today's episode, but before we get started, I wanted to quickly remind you that I have a best day ever book, which is a 21 day devotional to help you find the best in every day. I cannot wait for you to get your copy, so check out the show notes down below and let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Best Day Ever podcast with Carly Hartman. I'm so excited because today I'm talking and interviewing with my amazing friend, JD from middle school. I think it's so cool because I've known him for, I think like a decade or something like that. Very long time. So weird. And you guys, he is killing it. And so I wanted to interview him today and have him tell you guys all about what he's doing. He's written a book. He is like a motivational speaker. He does like amazing things that I see on his Instagram and I have to get to know more about it too today. So please JD, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and just like what you love to do in life and what you have been doing that I've been seeing on Instagram. Tell everyone now. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Carly, for the warm introduction. Um, I can easily throw all of that right back at you and say I feel the same about everything you're doing. Totally motivating, and it's an honor to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, but a little bit about me is I've known Carly forever, as mentioned. Um, and currently, I have a couple hats, different hats that I wear. Um, so I'm an author, and my first book came out in September of 2018. Uh, it's a fictional novel I wrote about my best friend, Luke Bodden. And I'm also the director of relationship development for a nonprofit called the Luke Strong Foundation, which is named after my best friend, who the book was written about. Um, and I'm also, also a national ambassador for the American Red Cross. So I represent them at events all over the country and speak for them and do all sorts of outreach for them. And I'm also a UCSB sports announcer. So I do in-game hosting for all of them and uh, that sort of stuff. And I'm also uh, something that I take very seriously and is a big part of what I like to do is um, very involved in the community as far as social activism. So racial injustice, um, anything in that sort of realm uh, politically is something that I'm getting more involved in consistently working with local politicians and national politicians too. So. And how old are you for the audience listening? Uh, 24. Let's freaking go. So tell me how you got into everything after college, because I'm also just like catching up with you too as a friend, because I haven't heard from you in forever. Mm -hmm. So like, tell me how'd you get involved in all of this with the book and like all that you just told us. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like a lot, but they all are very, none of them are mutually exclusive from one another. Sort of sort of uh, gel together. So I graduated from college in June of 2018. Uh, so just, a, just about a year ago, a little 13 months ago. Um, and I had been writing the book during my final two years as a student athlete at UCSB. So I played uh, basketball at UCSB. And then 
um, that was a huge part of my life. Athletics is kind of where it all began for me and was, was truly my first love, I think. And it was something that I poured my entire focus and drive into. But I had a, met this kid in high school at Oak Park High School who was only six years old. And he came up to me after one of my games and he said, hey, um, or his, excuse me, his sister, whom I'd never previously met, came up to me and said, hey, my little brother wants to meet you and play basketball with you. And at the time I was 17. And so I said, you know, I'm pretty busy. Like I'll get around to it when I can. And she said, no, it has to happen next week. And I looked at her and was like, why? And she said, because my little brother is six years old and he has sickle cell disease. And the last thing that he wants to do before he goes into the hospital for a full year of isolation for a bone marrow transplant is meet you and play basketball with you. And after that moment, him and I started to become best friends. And so I would go and see him in the hospital, a lot of time with him, uh, read to him whatever it was we were doing, we'd do it together. And we celebrated birthdays together. And then when I went to play basketball at UC Santa Barbara, he came to all my games there. And we continued this bond and this relationship um, until he unfortunately passed away on September 14, 2016. And that was during my junior year. And that was the turning point in my life because I went from being the ultra social, you know, go out and party and do the whole college thing, which, you know, that maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I felt like after he passed, um, I had to do more. I, I was using my energy in the wrong things in the wrong ways. And so I stopped everything and started writing. And originally for me, it was a very cathartic process and just a way for me to live with my best friend after he'd passed. And then it started to become much more than that. And then two years later, and I didn't tell a single person during that whole two years, I was writing a book and I hand wrote the entire first draft. Uh, two months after I graduated from college, my first book, Moonflower, was published. And after it was published, I was on doing a speaking tour and traveling all over the country. And it was an incredible uh, opportunity. Then three weeks later, my home burned down in the Woolsey fire. And I did not know what to do initially because I was just such a shock. You know, obviously having gone through something like that is, you know, such a terrible thing. But what I started to see is so many people were suffering and so many people lost so much, but I was going to be okay. Um, we had a play, another place we could move into. All our things were covered by insurance. And although it was a major setback, and I don't want to take away from that, so many more people had it much worse off than me. So my creative team and I decided, you know what? we're going to do a fundraiser with the book. So I decided to donate 100% of the profits from my book that I'd written about my best friend to the American Red Cross to help the other victims from that fire. Um, And that's when I started working with the American Red Cross and speaking with them. So we almost sort of combined my book tour with uh, their disaster relief. And I got to know all of them very well. Um, And so that's how I got involved with them. And that's just a brief sort of introduction into how all of that got started. That's incredible. Is your, um, I mean, I just want to say that's like so motivating and so inspiring um, how you took so many like hard situations and turned them into good ones. And that's what's really powerful because that can be really hard, I think. But 
I think you've done it very well and very successfully. Um, not that we deny what happened that can might be bad, right? It's never like denying that bad things happen, but like you're able to make a positive out of it. And that's what's like so huge, JD. So amazing job. Um, my question is first, did you self-publish your book or did you sign with someone? Yeah, great question. And thank you again. I appreciate that. I know it was difficult, but um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to really try and help people, which is my true passion, I think, yeah. whether that's writing or you know, any of these hats I get to wear it, that's the main priority. But right. um, originally I was working with Crown um, for a long time, Crown Publishing on the book, and they were fantastic in helping me with everything. Um, but after working with a, a literary agent directly and actually speaking with him about the whole story, about how it was based on my best friend, Luke, um, and that whole thing, he actually, and it was a very interesting conversation. He's, he'd read the book and he said, um, you know, I would actually advise that you self publish this. And I said, well, why, you know, why do you think that? And he said, because with just your recent graduation impending and with how recently your friend passed away, there's so much that you're going to be able to do right away with this book that if we wait to publish it, maybe, you know, a year, a year and a half later going through the editing process um, that can, you know, not necessarily prolong it, but it's just another thing that another hurdle you have to jump through in order to get everything, you know, approved and accredited. He said, this is, good enough to come out right now. And I think it would hurt the book to actually wait any longer. Um, so they steered me in the direction of self-publishing and have since helped me out with other things. And uh, give, it's given me a lot of freedom to do what, as I please with the book and the proceeds and everything. So in a way, I think it was the best decision I ever made was to self-publish. That's incredible. Um, I want to also just kind of gear the conversation towards like how you had that change in college unfortunately from your friend passing, yeah. but like you wanted to make a difference and like use your time to devote towards your dream of like impacting people, you know? And that's what's so awesome because I feel like as young people, like I want to just empower all of us in our generation that like you can chase your dreams no matter how old, like I started at 17 and I love telling people like, I don't care how flipping old you are, like you start when you need to start now. Right. I don't care how, yes. how old you are. So what could you give as advice? I mean, you know, maybe something might happen in someone's life that, you know, steers them towards that like you did, but maybe they just don't know like when to start something and they're just kind of stuck in that, like, um, like what they're doing with everyday life. And they're like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll just start after college or I'll just start after my nine to five, like whatever. So what would you give as advice? Like start now because that's what you did. Tomorrow is the worst word in the dictionary. It, I mean, it's got to be one of them. I actually just talked about this with my little brother last night who is playing basketball at uh, Dartmouth University or Dartmouth College, excuse me, in New Hampshire. Um, and we were talking about how much we hate the word tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and just a quick little note on something that I love is about two months ago, I have this watch that I love. I'm wearing it right now. And I wear it every day and it broke. Um, the battery and it ran out. And so I, would put it on every day still because I kept, you know, wanted to remind me to fix it. And, um, it's, you know, sat on my wrist for weeks and weeks and I had never fixed it. And, the, and then the hands just, you know, stayed where they were when it, the battery ran out. But I took a post-it note 
and cut it really small and threw a piece of tape over it. And I just have written over that, the broken watch, the word now. And every time I look at that, whenever I'm with someone or I'm at a meeting or something, and I want to check my watch to think about what I have coming up or what I should be doing, I, I instinctively check my watch like it's still working. And I just see the word now there. And it, that to me is everything I try to embody is you're never too young. There's never a better time to do something than the instant uh, it comes to mind. And putting off things is uh, unfortunately an easy sort of cop out. And I think we're all guilty of that. No one's perfect. But any way you can remind yourself to stay present and work on the things right now is a good thing. So my advice would just be um, no matter how inexperienced or afraid you are of that failure, that is going to happen regardless. I failed plenty. I'm sure you have too, but that's where you learn the most. And that shouldn't be the thing that keeps you from getting after your dreams. Oh my gosh. I'm so inspired. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you guys, that's just my biggest like thing I want everyone to remember is like nothing Very important, qualifies yeah. you. And the time is now. I mean, it doesn't matter your age or anything. You're, that's just disqualifying yourself and you have to yeah. stop because you've been given your dream like for you to do and you have to do it at some point in life. So why not start it now? Well, and a big part of that just to kind of add is, um, you know, I got, I had to see Luke at six years old with so many IVs and needles and prods and medications he had to take, like you wouldn't believe it. And I watched him go through that for all 10 years of his life. And <laughs> The thing he used to always tell me was I would do anything for your worst day. Like your worst day is sitting in traffic on the 405 or going through the, you know, the job you don't like or whatever it is. He would do anything for that because those would have been the best days of his life. And I have seen that side of, you know, what people go through. So I know for me, the opportunity to go after your dreams is you're actually lucky to, you know, be in a healthy body, go to work every day, you know, all of these things that we take for granted. So for me, I've seen it firsthand. And I think that's a big motivator for me too. That's so incredible. Wow. What a sweet boy Luke was. And did you start your nonprofit? Is Luke Strong your nonprofit? So his parents founded it um, in 2016, the year he passed. And they actually just brought me on as a full-time director um, about six months ago. So it's actually still very new for me to be involved and helping out. But a big part of what I do is I get to go and see what I like to call all the other Luke's in the world. So I go and I'm the one who spends time with our kids and sees them and, you know, takes them in and do all, does all of the sort of cool little things, um, that our foundation does and get to be that sort of a personal touch. Oh my gosh. That's so incredible. Um, what I like to always ask is like, my guests always are inspiring and motivating. And as everyone that's listening is too, I mean, we all have amazing things to share. And I just love always hearing from you guys um, how you find the best in every day because it's my life motto. And um, I don't know, I've just always been like a joyful person. I never really understood why. And then I found this like phrase that I just stuck with and I still have bad days and it can be hard to get out of them, but having that as a life motto really shows me and like it really teaches me how to turn bad days into good ones and how to count my blessings and how to be thankful. 
and how to choose thankfulness in situations because it's not that we have to deny that bad things don't happen, but it's turning those situations in our mindset around into, you know what, today is actually the best day because the best days turn into the best weeks and months and years in life. And that's my goal. And so how do you find the best in every single day? Because you clearly do. It's all over your face. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's an incredible lesson and something that I commend you for tackling as a uh, young entrepreneur and all the things you're approaching and you know, as a writer, as a motivator, because um, I think that's an incredible philosophy and something I think we can all do a better job of. I know I don't always have those be that best day mentality myself. Um, Same. <laughs> right. I do think that is human nature to some extent, but for me, um, I think it just starts with my morning routine. Um, yeah. I like to get up early and I like to just work out immediately and get that part of my day going because um, being healthy and being able to just have that done, I think is, is a huge thing. Um, so that would be part one of my answer. I'd say part two of finding the best day is thinking about that I'm not doing this for myself, that um, I'm, not, I'm not doing the things I like to do because it's going to get me a big house or a fancy car or, you know, my motivations are not um, centered around my, the betterment of me. Um, I like and am motivated constantly by seeing the faces of the kids I get to speak to or help in, in even the smallest way possible. And that personal touch to me is something I know no matter what happens in my future, I will never lose. And those moments, those childhood dream moments of seeing these kids smile is, there is no price on that. And it's so much more about everybody else and giving back is I think the thing that helps me the most. And did you think that your life would turn into this nonprofit like <laughs> where you're just like giving back I mean it's incredible because you get to do that for a living like what a blessing so absolutely you not think? yeah you didn't think uh, that? no no way uh I never had this sort of path thought of it's still a path that I'm learning more about every day um but it was never the thing I said oh I'm gonna grow up and be this person so no I think it just happened so naturally and that's what's great because a lot of my friends and uh, people that I mentor like ask, what do I do with my life like after school? And it's like, honestly, I didn't wake up one morning and be like, I want to start a business today. It just kind of like falls into your lap. And I think when you just jump on those opportunities, that's when you will find what you want to do. And um, I just think it's so special that you're chasing after your dreams, and that you're inspiring people and changing lives. So thank you so much for sharing that. If you could just end with kind of like one last little piece of motivation for my people and also share where we can follow along with all that you are doing and all the people that you're helping and how we can support you, please do that as well. Yes, totally. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at JD underscore Slackert. And my last name is spelled because it is a little complicated i'll spell it for them like in the notes yeah, yeah s-l-a-j-c-h-e-r-t um i like to always keep information coming about all that i'm up to and we'd love to interact with any of you that have any questions about anything i'm doing so please feel free to reach out at any time um as i love i love to try and give that motivation out daily like you do um and another thing is i'd like to happily announce and sort of talk about 
uh, the new charity charity edition of my book, Moonflower, that came out um, just yeah. last week. And that is a book that I co-authored with Luke's doctor who performed his bone marrow transplant. And all of the proceeds from that book will be going to the Luke Strong Foundation to fund a affordable cure for sickle cell disease. Um, so please, if you are interested in the book, I would, of course, appreciate if you bought the original version. But more than anything, it'd probably be best if you purchased the charity edition. Therefore, you can make it also a charitable donation to Luke Strong. Um, so those things, those books are both available on Amazon or my website, jdwritesbooks.com. But sort of some parting, parting motivation um, would have to just be, I think, re the realization that what we have in our own lives is just absolutely the luckiest, like we are the luckiest people we know. And I often say that even despite my biggest losses, like, I've lost my best friend and I've lost my home in a fire. And those are two horrible events in my life. But I actually now would probably say that those were two of the best things that have ever happened to me. Luke taught me so much about appreciating every day, even my worst days and trying to make every day the best day. And the fire taught me that there are people that have it much worse than you do. And the opportunity to give back is something that you can't put a price tag on. So maybe looking at your negatives and maybe in short, it's just looking at your negatives as potential positives in the long run. That's, I think you need to take over my podcast because <laughs> you're doing such a good job at this. You guys, this is just so powerful. We only have one life to live and this is our one chance to just find the best in every moment. And why would we waste time? You know, like condemning ourselves, thinking that we have to regret certain things, whatever, like let's just turn these hard and bad situations into good ones because that's just going to make life so meaningful and so powerful. And you're not in this alone. JD and I and other people like us are with you. And I just hope that you can follow along with what JD's doing and supporting Luke Strong because that's so awesome. So JD, thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. Anytime. And I hope you have the best day ever. Hey, well, you as well. And thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Best Day Ever podcast. Check out the show notes for this episode and all others at carlyhartman.com forward slash podcast. We can't wait to see you next time. Have the best day ever.